Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another bonus episode celebrating Family Business Week with the Institute for Family Business. Now if you've heard yesterday's shows we had an interview with Sir James Waits and also revisited the interview with Josie Morris where she spoke about um, her experiences of attaining B Corp status um, along with uh, Sir James talking about what he wanted to achieve in his role as chairman of the IFB, but also giving us an overview of some of the um, background to the weights principles and how they've been adopted by businesses here in the UK. Both fantastic interviews. If you can, go back and check them out if you haven't done so already. So to get involved in Family Business Week, the best thing to do is to head to social media If you're a family business listening to this and you are on Twitter, if you have a marketing or social media team that deals with your social media side of things, I would very much suggest to them that they get involved with the hashtag FamilyBizWeek and follow the Twitter accounts at FamilyBizWeek and at IFB underscore UK and share pictures, share how you're celebrating Family Business Week here in the UK. If you're an advisor to family businesses, get involved on that hashtag as well and make sure that family businesses know that you are out there to help them and to support them in the fantastic work that they do. Today we are revisiting an interview with Maurizio from Tratos. Very often the interviews that I have are are really, really enjoyable. Asking for favourites is like picking your favourite child. But this interview, I had a smile on my face the whole way through. It was a a really interesting and engaging conversation and uh, it felt appropriate to revisit this one. Um, For those that haven't heard it already, I really do hope you enjoy the conversation with Maurizio and uh, I'll hand over to that now. But do get involved on social media and share and celebrate along with all the other great family businesses that are doing so. Enjoy the interview. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well. On this week's episode, we are continuing our look at sustainability and I'm really excited to bring you an interview with Maurizio Bragagni from a business called Tratos. Um, They are a long-standing a family business with operations in the UK, Brazil and Italy and we hear from Maurizio about the uh, embeddedness of their sustainability strategy it is just their strategy and it has been for many many years and in a lot of the episodes where we've spoken to family businesses in this series They've been more focused from the sort of starting point of how to get started, what tools to use, examples of um, progress over perfection, for example, in, in a couple of the episodes. So I thought it was really important to also highlight that there are businesses out there who have been doing this for 20, 30 years and doing it profitably and successfully encompassing it amongst the culture of the business. So Um, A lot of it is down to recognising actually how the business is operating at the moment does align to a lot of the UN's sustainable development goals as an example. But measuring against it helps you to realise that, helps you to focus on the areas that you perhaps want to provide a bit more focus in 
Um, but it can be something that just becomes embedded over 20, 30 years plus. So um, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Maurizio. Uh, I certainly did and look forward to bringing that uh, interview in just a minute. Before we get started and before we get into that, again, I just want to thank everybody who has been kind enough to support what I'm doing with the podcast. Um, there is a way you can do that uh, via a dedicated page I've set up on the website, which is fambizpodcast.com forward slash support. There is a um, button there that allows you to do something called buy me a coffee, which is effectively a donation in support of what I'm doing with the show. And that allows me to keep going with what I'm doing. And you can also leave reviews. You can share with other members of your family or perhaps if you're an advisor to family businesses, other people within your teams to basically spread the love. And uh, again, thank you to all of those that have already done that. If you haven't done so already and you want to, you can head to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash support. And any support is very much appreciated. Uh, So as I say, we're talking to Maurizio this week. Um, I won't prattle on any longer. I'll get straight into the conversation with him. Uh, As I say, I'm sure you'll enjoy it and take loads from it. Uh, I'll pass you over to that conversation now. Well, hello and welcome to this week's show. I am really excited to be talking to Maurizio Bragagni from Tratos this week. Um, we are in the midst of a series on sustainability and we've spoken to a couple of businesses who have uh, recently embarked on their sustainability journey and the reason I wanted to speak with Maurizio is because they have a very well established and long-term sustainable strategy and we're going to hear all about that on today's show Um, but beforehand um, Maurizio welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. And for our audience, please give us uh, an introduction as to who you are, a bit about the business, how you got involved, and then we can kick off today's conversation. So I'm Maurizio Bragani. Uh, I'm the CEO of Tratos UK and the CEO of the old Tratos operation. Tratos is an acronym name, is originally from Italy, by means of Trafileria Toscana, is a T-R-A-T-O-S, is a the combination of two words. It means basically drawing mill in Tuscany. Of course, we are moving from drawing mill and at the moment we produce insulated cables, electrical cables, fiber optic cables. If you think about the world without us, you go back to the Victorian time. Nice time, not for me to <laughs> wash the dishes every week, every day with my family and four daughters yeah. and wife. But fine, nice, fine, nice time, but not the modern time that we are having. Even yeah. this conversation will be not happen without us. Three around um, the world. One is area UK in and and the other three they are in Tuscany. One is in Brazil. The mission of Trato is, is to invest in in the press area, and the vision is a cable for a moving world. That is what we do. We produce cable to support the um, the CO two zero zero uh, net emission um, revolution. Uh, we produce cables that they are able to the wind farm to be to be connected with the, the shore. We produce the fiber optic, so we are the one really that carry on this world working in the modern time. I think that yeah. that is the best way to introduce what we do it where, where we are. Fantastic, and I've got visions of us um, recording this using two yogurt pots and a very long piece of string to allow us to have the conversation. Remember, we used to make those to see uh, how uh, cables would work. You, you tie two yogurt pots together and, and talk through that. Um, so thanks to companies like yours, we're not having to do that uh, today, exactly. which is which is great. So you mentioned there about the, the line of work, um, the product that you produce. And it's one of those products, I guess, that we all sort of take for granted because it's hidden. It's something, I mean, we see cables. I've got a cable connected to my microphone, to my headphones like you say, the fiber optic cables that are connecting all of us. But in terms of your sort of presence, the global business, and it's one that could very easily um, be seen as uh, an industry that perhaps would struggle to get to net zero on carbon emissions. And 
to adopt a sustainability approach, but it's something that you've been doing as a business for a, a huge number of years, isn't it? It's something that's it's embedded in how you operate now. And for a lot of the audience that will be listening, that's that's an inspirational story to hear because it shows that it can be done over the long term, that the business can still be successful. So before we get into some of the sort of details around what you do and how you do it, can you just sort of take us back to how you became involved and where that sort of strategy started from? What was the motivation around it? Because it's very um, talked about much more vocally now than it was, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But as we say, this is something that's been embedded in your business for a long time. How, how did that come about? So first, uh, person I was involved uh, as a member of the family, Tratus is a family business. Uh, my father and my uncle, uh, they were involved in the company. And at a certain point when I achieved my university degree, I had been a doctor in law in the University of Pisa in 2000. I received that call from my uh, uncle and basically it was that. I was with my fiance. It was the first time that I introduced my future wife to my family, to my father and my mother. And at the same time, I received a call from my uncle. We are a family company. So family company means that there's one in command. And that, at that moment, it was my own. So I received a call that says, you are at dinner with me. So I introduced my future wife. And I say, mom, dad, that is my future wife. Sorry, I cannot stay with you for dinner. I have to go with my aunt. So I moved <laughs> to my aunt. And my uncle said, what do you want to do it? And very simple. What do you want to do? You want to be a priest? No, but it, to be honest, I have introduced my... Dear friend, okay, you want to be a politician? Don't waste my time. So tell me what you want to do. I don't know what you want to do. Okay, if you don't know it, I have an opportunity for you. You go to in Great Britain, learn English. We need an international point. You work. And then I say yes. Of course, I told yes to what the told that was the dream. Uh -huh. Bought on the CEO. In reality, they put me on the warehouse to work with uh, in the line for two <laughs> years with a salary with the salary of that. So that is how I was involved. In the end, I also met my wife. So there is a with four daughters. So there is also a good part of the song. Um, when I move on the letters of inside of the career, inside of Tratos, um, we were talking about a lot of stuff. And you, as you said, now it's very cool to talk about a renewable strategy or sustainable strategy, okay? A few years ago, we were talking about a green, green strategy before we were talking about corporate social responsibility. But Intrato was abandoned from the beginning. In fact, when we have launched our sustainable strategy, it was very easy for me because it was only to describe what we have done since 1966. Uh -huh. it, was only to it was only the language that we missed. And that is that what uh, a certain point of my experience, as I always said again to my wife, I went to my wife and said, look, I'm 40. I'm the middle age, I'm going to have an affair or I'm going to go to the school. Mm -hmm. And after four kids, my wife told me, have an affair, please. <laughs> I, I realized that it cost me too much. And we have some recent example that make you that how much it costs that you also uh -huh. So I say, I went to the MBA at Cass Business School. And there, I what I found it was uh, the important thing to have uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon education a proper language. And that is what helped us, all the company, to embrace a proper language, to communicate where we, what we were doing. That was exactly what we were. So a sustainable strategy for us was just to describe what we have done in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important point because there will also be businesses out there who have built their family businesses on their family values, on what they believe in as a family and noticing and communicating that and reporting against that is one way of recognizing that actually you do have a sustainable strategy. It's just known as your strategy. It's, it was not something you've deliberately gone, we need one of those, let's go and, go and get one. It was just your um, strategy. And you mentioned about being carbon neutral and I know you've been certified as, as going through that process but do you find that what you're actually doing is getting recognition for what's already in place rather than 
targeting something as a certification. Why did you decide to, to take those measures? So first was profitable. What, uh, what we have to understand is this. When we talk about uh, circular economy, no? people, planet, and profit is a circle. And I always like to start it from the profitability. We were sustainable. We, uh, we implemented a sustainable strategy because that was a very sustainable, very sustainable means that was very profitable from the beginning. So we have an industry that use raw material like copper, aluminum. So from the beginning, we needed to implement it, a policy that was necessary to recycle because there was a value over there. So the necessary to recycle was a necessary insight to keep really profitable, to, to carry on, to be able to compete in the world, in particular, because as you mentioned, as a family business, our, and in particular decision of my uncle, um, Albano, was very clear. We do not offshore. We only invest in Italy, in UK, and in Brazil. We invest in where we are, where we have our community, our family. What does it mean? It means that you need to get any penny to, to be able to compete in the world market. So for us to collect the copper that was coming from South America, transform it in a cable. And then if there is a mistake of the any scrap to, to make sure that we can recycle was a necessary to survive because we were competing with companies that were offshoring in other countries with a low, with a low taxation or with a low cost of work, whatever. So we were, we needed every single panel to be able to carry on to sustain our company. The second point was, uh, of course, a certain point was a kind of uh, culture, but also kind of mindset. I remember when I was 12, and if you want to meet, my uncle was always in the factory. So I was there in that factory. I saw my uncle, the CEO at the time, that was working during the Sunday, Saturday time in this long, huge line. And there were a lot of jobs around, a lot of people. I didn't understand. So I realized that the line was not straight. Make it cool. And the reason because I make it cool, because in the middle, there was a tree, 300 hook. So basically, when they make the extension of the company, they make the extension to save that tree. And there was a, a big hole in, on the roof to make sure that there was aeration for that tree. And there was also window all around to make sure that the trees got the aeration. In fact, when there was COVID-19, all our factory didn't have any problem of aeration because, because we needed to pass the air to the trees that was inside of the factory. We just needed to open that uh, up window to make sure that there was a change of aeration. So if you invest in environmental, if you invest in your people, if you really care of your environmental, and the only way to care of your environmental, if you live there. So why we are so corporate social responsibility? Why Tratos is so family orientated? Why we are so social engaged? Because we live in our community. During the COVID-19, when, um, when we ask our companies to carry on to work because we could not stop, there was this, uh, act of uh, continuity action that we needed to carry on because if we stop, as we say, train stop, airplane stop, port stop, so we could energy stop, uh, fiber optics. So we could not stop it, the production. Of course, our people were afraid. But we, we show them by example. So we move there, we stay with them, we, we, we do everything that was possible. Even, even in some case, people, they consider that were um, that we were a little bit mad. Like when we asked to everyone on the beginning of the pandemic to face to, to wear the face mask. I remember uh -huh. this group of unions say, oh, you cannot ask because there is no law. And I say, and I reply, there is no law, but I ask you, and if you don't do it, you don't work in this factory. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to fire. I'm going just to put you in forward. And these people say, what do means? I mean, look, no one really understand what is going on. In the 18th century, our fathers, they faced their mask and they survived to a lot of pandemic. I trust tradition. So uh -huh. please help me to do that. 
and immediately they change that. So, but the point is, why we are, we are like that? Because we live with our community. We, I have a member of the family that they are in many letters, even the work in the factory like Fabio is just a person that works in, in the manufacturing or oh, my father still in the manufacturing. Then I have a, my uncle, my cousins, uh, but I, I got many people in many different positions. So there pe this, that people is my own family too. Also, as I, as I said, profit is was profit oriented because even though we are a social company, very social company, we don't pay dividend, we always reinvest dividends. Um, the salary of the highest person in the company cannot be more than 12 times to the lowest. So we have a lot of corporate social responsibility in place. We invest a lot of in local community, but we are profit oriented. But profit cannot, you cannot achieve profit at any cost. You need to really compare profit. That is the reason why, for example, we implemented um, the safer structure, the uh, approved cable initiative, where we say, look, why you buy something that doesn't work, that costs CO2, costs money, they, they increase the CO2 on the, on, on, the, on the atmosphere, so they increase all these issues of climate change, when you can have a proper product, when you pay just a little bit more with the right amount, but you have produced one soil. Of course, Kratos is interest, as you may as you made very clear. It's not interest in their words. It's interest in measure the CO2. In fact, our policy was to measure the life of the CO2 on the products, from when the copper get out from the mines up to the when the cable has been dissolved, destroyed. And we have decided to implement a strategy that is neutral means that we plant enough trees for all the life of all the cable that we produce. Not enough in that. We make an agreement with ENI in all the Northwest, in all the North, Great Manchester, Liverpool, Northwest. What we are doing with INET uh, Consortium is to collect the CO2 in the air and uh, deposit back. So we want not only even be neutral we want to be negative so to to collect the uh, the co2 that others produce and to put inside why that because that is the world that we live another life i don't have another word <laughs> and this narrative is positive it's positive but it's also profitable because we thanks to the circular economy starting we have a profitable company yeah and i think that there's a couple of things that um i want to pick up on in in that so firstly profitability being the first focus and there can often be this misconception that a sustainable strategy that's, that's you know carbon neutral or carbon positive and it is giving back to um, society has to come at the expense of profit and so your your proof that that doesn't have to to be the case where i think that's so beautifully illustrated as well is in the sense of if people wanted a literal metaphor a literal example of that happening is that you expanded your factory and rather than being at the cost of nature and chopping down that tree and and or, or building somewhere else you, you incorporated that within the design and that has had a positive impact on the tree because it's still there the business but also those that work within the business probably not by design naturally in terms of the you didn't know that there was a pandemic, you know, 30 years hence, but it, it's something where it's a real life physical example of businesses being able to expand, be profitable, grow, be good for their people, but that not to be at the expense of the environment and the communities that they live in. And that's a, a really good, um, I think, lesson for, for people to take away from that. Secondly, in terms of the importance you place on local communities because your business is a multinational business that the infrastructure that you create is worldwide but it feels a very local company as well not just to um sort of me as an external observer but so to, i would imagine to your staff because you're in their communities as you say you are where you live and therefore you have that impact. And again, I think that's something that 
as part of sustainability, incorporating that in your community and being active in that is a really important step. Absolutely. So the people around us, they show what we are. And of course, we are investing a lot in our community. We are very proud also as a company, for example, that we pay local taxation. We pay tax in UK and in Italy, it depends where you live. I pay tax here in UK. Uh, my company pay tax in UK as a pay tax in Italy. We do not have an offshoring even holding. That is for this, it's, it's a, again, it's uh, for uh, a clear point. We are part of our community. Of course, we are vocal. When you increase the taxation, we start to complain. You say, look, what, where are you going to spend our money? Because we are here. We, we are not, you know, we don't care because we have an offshoring account. No, the point is to be involved and also to be involved with the local community. For example, Nosley community. We support a local hospital. We support the local community. We support the local mayor. We are investing in education, in apprenticeship with our local people. We are, for example, I'm a professor of the Bolton University, very honored visiting professor, but why? Because it's a local university that wanted to be involved with us to help the education and the skills of our community. We have a local academy, means to embrace, to help people. We have also very strong culture to support women in work to help them to work back, for example. And we have people that now they're coming back. We always give, for example, to ladies as soon as they have their child and they want to spend maternity out. We have uh, some a case just this in this moment where a lady they're just coming back to Northley after five years that they spent at home because they want to spend their time with their, their, own, um, their own child. And then it's time that she wants to have a second opportunity. So we are very, but to do this, you need to leave. You need to be very local. You need to spend the time local. You need to understand. And when the people start to be concerned during the pandemic, why we have been able to don't waste one day of our job, carry on to work, carry on to deliver. Never had one single case of COVID inside of our all our factories all around the world. Because we were living with them. My cousin, Enio Elisabetta, they spent so much time in Italy there in that respect to understand, to be able to embrace what was the most important procedure because they didn't want to be, they didn't want to collect COVID. So they don't want that they were able to collect COVID. So when you are local, when you are present, you make the difference. And of course you make the difference means uh, you invest in local, you employ the local community. It's not that you are residents over there, you need a job. Of course we prefer you because you have already Locally, you already understand our culture. We want that, you, we don't want to lose the, the investment that we are doing because people are an investment. I always challenge us, uh, what in particular a politician to say, look, why, why? A, a football team can put their own players as asset and I can't. Uh-huh. If you don't mind, we are more asset. The people that are working for me, they are more asset for my company that the player that just put the ball inside of a net, whatever it is, they've overpaid. If you don't mind, if they are able to do that, why we are not able to do that? We need to stop to the division for capital and people, worker and capital, capitalism and against, that is not the division anymore. In fact, I consider my people the largest important asset of my company. And that is the reason why we have a, that strategy because they implement that because in the end the strategy work because they believe what we're doing they save money to the company to help us to recycle that we, we have been able to recycle because they put the right things in the right bin if the if the if they if they were not cooperative in that we were not able to recycle 100 of what we're doing they like our policy to reduce here to to invest in new people when you say that you want to invest in um, in innovation to reduce CO2. It means that you are changing the production inside of your factories. So think about you are a worker. Do you want every year you have to relearn how to do a product because something has changed. So it means that you really accept this challenging culture, that you accept to be re-educated as I accept to be educated. 
the local contribution, the local element is absolutely the key element to be really, really a company want to have a sustainable strategy. Yeah, and we hear a lot about the way in which employees are looking at firms and working for businesses that do have the the culture that you have within your business. It is something that differentiates you from those that aren't as caring about the community or aren't perhaps as caring about their staff. And so this again is a win-win-win situation. There's not there's no no real losers out of it other than perhaps your competitors. And well then they need to step up, right? It's not something that you know you're gonna lose too much sleep over if they're not doing it in, in the same way. Well, one of the things I'm really interested in, obviously, this is the, the family business podcast and, and you are a family business. And it seems as though the way in which you operate in your strategy is something that, that comes from the core values of your family. But the business has grown, has been very successful, has expanded. How do you, as a family, how do you keep the values right at the center of what the business is doing because presumably there's more family members around now just through people having kids and then them having kids and, and so on and so forth than when the business was founded how do you as a family keep that um sort of communication going so first thank you for the point for the question we have always very we have always had very clear the importance of the company and the family there are two entities very important and there are two distinct, distinct entities. And the family and the company is always an entity. It must be an entity that is, it has got its own uh, personality. By the law, it's got its uh, uh, legal personality. It's a person by the law. In fact, the company is a, is a limited responsibility. No? It's divided by, by the ownership. Um, and also it must be very clear from the beginning that that entity has its own culture. That culture is, the, is, is from the family, but you need to make sure that everyone inside of the company share that culture. So how is possible that we carry on to, to carry on our value, that were value commute from the family to the company because the company transform, but also carry on is culture. We have a very strong, um, a corporate culture. Everyone that been training to that culture, member of the family, they are defending that culture, but also staff and um, not executive directors, that they are part of that culture. There okay. is, yes, a member of the family, but also there was, there's been always, since uh, um, our foundation, there was always a group around the founder and then around the president, and now around the large family, a group of uh, uh, directors, a group of uh, people that they have part of the management of the company, that they share the same value. We have been not been possible for us to be one of these uh, multinational company, very famous of fusion for energy, without Massimo Schintelono, that is one of our engineers in Italy, or we could not be possible to be what we are without uh, uh, Neil Answer, one of our not executive director that is a part of our board in UK, or without the support of Peter Woodward, another technical director in the factory of Nosby, or without Gianfranco Lutri in UK. So we have people that they are no member of the family, that they share the same value, that have spent time with us, that have been educated with us, that got the real responsibility, independent responsibility by the family. The family has always been involved, but it's very clear the engagement from the family to the company. And it's very clear structure, very structured um, responsibility, very clear who responds to what. It's always been very absolutely clear who is in charge, what is in charge, and who is above him and below. That makes very clear the structure of uh, the possibility to be a business that have to compete with the international, but at the same time, a family. It's an evidence that inside you can find there is a family engagement, but always there is only one rule, the lady. And when we say the lady, we mean the company first. Got it. Got it. Company first. 
the crown first. So who is in charge is always first. So when, if my family is the one in a time, at the moment is Albano, is my uncle. So it's like the crown. So when you go first, you go first. So if you start to talk, everyone make a step back. And of course, when it's not there, we defend the same idea with the same culture. At that time, we have been married. That is very clear. That is very important for us. So it's, it's never been a competition. Everyone member of the family has got their own, uh, um, I can explain, they got their own role. They know their own passion. And they, that helped. And to be honest, it's, it's an exciting, it's a really an exciting journey. Because if you are a member of the family, when you join the family company, you don't have to start from scratch. You start wow. from the shoulder of a giant. So you have the same view. And to be honest, what is fantastic is that if people want that you became good, people want that you are successful because if you are not successful, it's going to collapse everything. And that's really what is exciting in a family business. People really want that you are successful. The cultural side of it is, is really interesting to me as well because you are you are operating in different cultures as well. So the culture in the UK is going to be different to the culture within Italy and, and Brazil. You've mentioned as some of the areas that you've got um, locations. Do you find it easy to, to instill your, your family and company culture amongst those different cultures? Is that something that's a challenge or is it something that has a, a, adapted over time to... To, or is it just that your culture's so appealing that actually it's not too hard to, to sell it to people? Well, to be honest, if you watch the reality in all the world, independent by the, by the religion, Hindu, Chinese, Christian, Catholic, uh, Protestant, no religious, whatever, what is the common is a family. Mm -hmm. So the, the, common, the common structure around the world is a family. In fact, if you consider that 50% uh, of the world GDP has been created by family business, half of the world GDP has been created by the family business. Families, they are always present. So India, China, Japan, family business is a common culture. And to be honest, it's, it's very easier uh, for us to engage with the uh, with company that, uh, I make you an example, Tata. So Tata is a multinational, it's a family business. Okay. And, uh, and when you talk at the level of the family business, you do not have the problem of uh, personal benefit. You do not have the problem of, uh, of what is going to happen. You have always one problem. How I can transfer to the next generation in my business, in my family. How can I keep that business inside of the family? And so when you deal all around the world with any culture, a family business is always recognized and everyone wants to be part of a family. I give you a number, 95% of the people that start to work with Chattos, they end in to work with Chattos. How that is possible? Because people are enjoy to work with us. People want to work with us. And this even the Chinese office. I have, a, I have people at the moment, they see, the manager director of the, our Chinese operation is Jeff Fa. I met him 21 years ago right. and he's still there. Uh -huh. So why that? Because our value to take care of people, of course, I make you an example. I cannot say the name for obvious reason, but there is a few person that unfortunately during this lockdown has, been, has got cancer. If we put those people in the, in the sick pay, in the saturated sick pay, they collect 90 pounds a week. Uh -huh. They're a family. When you are a family, it means that you are a family. So they still to have the full salary without even to ask and sure. No, we take care of our people. That is an evidence. You need to do it. So you need to prove it that you are really a family. And so because that is a common, the art of the, of the people, the person is equal all around the world. They recognize that value. So to be honest, to be a family in some area, in particular in India, in Asia, it's easier to do business. On the contrary, for example, in the United States, it's a little bit harder. Right. Because they are more, 
multinational, unpersonal orientated uh -huh. than uh, the other part of the world. So to reply to you is uh, sometimes there is some advantages, sometimes there is some disadvantages. For example, people they don't want to deal with the family business because they want, they don't want to have this personal touch to, to, to be involved. Other they consider the family business the right solution. Why? Because you know the ownership, so you have the possibility to talk with someone who make a decision and take the risk. There is no a, a risk committee. I take uh -huh. the risk. Yeah. Um, you got also the stability. Family business means that you have a stability on, on the time. But sometimes there is people that they, they don't want to have that personal uh, involvement. So they don't want to be involved with the family business. There is also British company, for example, that they don't want to deal with the, with the family business because they don't want wow. that kind of involvement. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, obviously, again, our audience is predominantly family-owned businesses, and I'm sure a lot of them will resonate with um, what you're saying in terms of um, doing business with other family businesses. It, it, it's such a sort of open and, and sharing community. Um, and you, you're obviously demonstrating that by coming on the show and talking to us um, today. The, the, the topic of the series that, that we're covering at, at the moment is sustainability. And there can often be this comparison between family businesses being more long-term focused, able to make decisions that are made in generations rather than in quarters. Do you see that in terms of where, I mean, you've been involved in your family business for, for many years and the decisions that you were making, say, 20 years ago, you're still feeling the effects of 20 years on, whereas somebody who was perhaps in a um, non-family business could have moved on to two, three, four other jobs by now and not, not have to worry about that side of it. But, but do you feel that benefit of being able to look longer term, multi-generationally, rather than have to focus on, on each quarter? Because again, we're, we're, what we're not saying is that sustainability has to come at the cost of profitability because that's a foundation of it sustainability means being around for a long time and you can't do that if you you're making huge losses it's all very well being great for the planet for one year but then you go bust it you can't be great for the planet every year after that if it's not profitable right um but but i'm just keen to to kind of understand we're we're, we're talking to you because you've had such a long-term sustainable strategy it's just embedded it, it it's not a this month's project or a, a corporate decision made by the marketing department to go we need to appeal to people because sustainability is high on the agenda but I'm, I'm assuming and i might be wrong but being a family business taking that approach you do with your culture makes everybody come along for the ride rather than it feel like it's being sort of forced by the latest corporate uh, lingo or trend or whatever the the right word is Sometimes you feel uh, during that journey, in particular in the beginning, you feel alone. You feel alone because everyone looked at you and say, what are you doing? Um, I remember when uh, a certain point, particularly in my industry, in the cable industry, you have to consider that Great Britain has got British uh, BICC that was number one in the cable industry in the world, okay? Just to give you an idea, Bafo Bitti, was one of the division of BICC. Right. So it was just a small division to install the cables. Now it's a huge colossal okay? And and in this moment, there only been left three cable manufacturer. One is us, and the other two. One is international and is not still UK, British, and the other is a small British company. So why that? Because uh, as you mentioned very clearly. This is a large organization were affected by the idea of profit now. And to be honest, we have seen, we have got evidence in all the, the Carillon case or the uh, Ponzi fund. We have got evidence of large organization that they pretended to be profitable, 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 profitable. In reality, they were just uh, massage their own balance sheet. Uh -huh. Or they were selling 
their own asset. I remember this company, I cannot say the name. In the December, they were made a profit of, uh, and they made a dividend of six millions. In March, they went in bankruptcy, so they disappeared. So basically, wow. they were just pump the, 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 the numbers to prove it. So sometime during that journey, when you started to say, why do I have to cheat the products? I, I say that this is my product. That is what I produce. Uh, this is coming from silver. That means that I do that transformation. That is what I have to do. To compete in this open way. Sometimes you feel alone because everyone that points you says, oh, but you earn only 3% in the year. But then you see, be careful. I'm not saying that because I implemented that I earn only 3% net in the year. That was what our industry was earning as average. The point is that the other, that they were declaring 20 to 35% were cheating. So the point is, if you really believe and you can do it, our sustainable strategy, we can implement that sustainable strategy. You can keep the company profitable and sustainable. And when you say sustainable, it's sustainable for a life. Yes, I consider advantages to be able to think about in, in 20 years on the next generation, because you are not uh, force of the, of the motif of the moment. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason why, for example, when we have launched this uh, sustainable strategy, we have put, for us, the sustainable strategy was the actual name is sustainable strategy. We put the actual name and then we put behind all the pages. If you go to our sustainable strategy in our website, you see that there are pages that are still there in different position. We just only to use the actual narrative for, to show what we have already done. We already take care of people, planet and profit. We were implemented, uh, for example, to recover the water, the hot water that we use for the, for the cables, instead to waste away, we create a co-generator. So we use that hot water to co-generate energy to give the energy to the factor. For example, uh, we, we invest in, in, um, in our local community, as we said. So everything is a part of the plan. And because we care on what we are really interested. And as you said, to have, of course, a prospect for, for 20 years, instead of a prospect annually, that helped. In fact, we always said, also with the bankers, with all our friends, look, you cannot judge a balance sheet of a company in one year time. At least you have to take the three years time and that gives you real, what is the situation. So in the last 20 years, what is the history of Trato since 1966? We started with 5,000 pounds. We have now a balance sheet with 20 million sterling our, so for sorry, 40 million sterling of our own capital. We made more than 150 million sterling investment without to revaluate debt that has been already paid by our balance sheet. We have paid tax for more than 1.5 billion. We have created more than 6 billion value in, since 1966. So that is the numbers of a family small business present since the world that have contributed for the GDP of the world up to now for more than 6 billion. That have paid more than 1.5 billion in all our history of, of taxation. That yeah. we have created jobs and we given jobs to pay salary of 500 families around the world. That is the judgment that we wanted. And that is what is the clear prospect. I really do not admire uh, any director or any CEO that have only one year in front of them. Because, and to be honest with you, it's very unfair. Because the, can, can you imagine the pressure to just show that you are good? How can you show that you are good when you inherit I make you an example. No, no, the, the investment that we did in Nozu, it took seven years to bring that company in, um, in the bunch of that company in break even and now in profit. That took seven years. Then we have Brexit. Yeah. 
So how can you have a prospect of one year to be judged in one year? What do you mm -hmm. have? We are on the school, school time, time of exam. Wait, wait a second, I spent all my time in COVID only in war. How can you make me an exam? Yeah. And I, I guess as well, the lesson there is what, what impact does that pressure have on the decisions that are then made? Because if you are doing it based on a very short period of time, you perhaps look at something that's going to have the biggest short-term effect, but that might be to the detriment of the long-term because you're not having to consider that. Whereas the view you take is a very rounded long-term view. And it, it's interesting you mentioned the, the kind of loneliness at the, the beginning of that period. And there will be businesses that are listening now who are perhaps at the beginning of their journey. They are starting to look much more at the sort of sustainability goals and their ambitions. And perhaps uh, I think a, a great point that was made earlier in the show was around, actually, it's just measuring what we're already doing. And we found that we were sustainable. It was just something that was embedded in, in what we do. But for those that are starting that journey, what advice would you give to them? Because as you say, it can be lonely. It can feel as if um, you're the only ones turning around and pointing the other direction. But what advice can you give to, to people who might be feeling that? Well, first, I started from my experience. What we did was to try to find, uh, and that is why we, uh, we associate ourselves with this little family business. Because even though it was a different business, we are in the cable industry. And probably we are the only member of the IFB on the cable industry. What we found was the family business was the people that share the same value, same issues, and sometimes the same loneliness. Why that? Because we, because we share family value, because we are living our industry, because we are spending time in our industry, sometimes people, they don't realize that we are not moved by the simple numbers, but we are moved from more numbers. In the end, I would like to say, and I would like to make very clear, our numbers, they are the real one. They are the real sustainable numbers. Because yes, I can I make it, I always make this example. Yes, uh, I can produce that cables at the price that you wanted. But reality, there is less copper, there is less insulation. And then if something happens, it's going to burn, it's going to burn like an in the Grenfell Tower is going to create issues, going to kill people. So profit alone was not the right answer. And uh, so the suggestion is always uh, that in the journey that you started, there is a place. I found it, we found it, um, our place in this little family business where you can share the same value and the same idea, where you can have people, even those they are a different business, but they can sustain you and they don't have any, so there is not an association in which you find somebody that in the end he wants to be your employees or he want to buy you. They have their own business, their own mind. So yeah. you know, in, in the worst scenario, you can get a good beer and good meal paid by somebody else because we normally fight who's going to pay the bill. Uh -huh. so that is another <laughs> exceptional element. The, the first thing is uh, to, to start the journey. The, the second thing that is more uh, on, on specifically your question is this, um, focus on profit. But, always imagine any action that you do it on 10 years time. And if you consider that investment, if you consider the risk and investment in 10 years time, in a plan of 10 years time, you realize what it's really the part that you have to do. it. And even on the beginning of that part, you feel to be alone. Everyone will be out against you. Sometimes even the banks, because then they compare your balance sheet to the others and say, oh, how is it possible that you do? So it means that you are a bad manager. Uh -huh. you, have to, you have to accept that the truth is coming, but you need to give time. And uh, always, what I always said, let's project at least in 10 years time. Let's show the numbers in 10 years time. Let's give the prospect in 10 years time. And also let's uh, 
to, to break that loneliness. It's uh, to make sure that the story and the narratives bring up what is the real value that you stand for. Make clear. We always have made clear, for example, from the beginning, um, when we started and when I moved inside of the company, my main job was to say, we are not price driven. We are quality driven. And means, uh, sorry, I cannot accept that. Oh, but you know, your, your competitor accepted, fine. Ask my competitor, we move on. No, but we want you. We are no price driven. Uh -huh. So you need to make, and you, sometimes it's not so easy when you have uh, orders of millions there and you know that if you accept it, if you do not accept, you have a problem that you need to find some other, some other orders to fit the production. But if you accept it at that price, you are going to compromise your integrity. I always said, if you achieve that point, it's better to give up. Because in the end, it's only one life, it's only one name, it's only one adventure. And whatever is happened, it's better to lose with dignity than to win and really to lose everything with non-dignity. But the point is, there is friends over there. There is people that they understand. What I found in my experience is that during this uh, journey, I found a lot of friends around over there, even large multinational company that they understand what we are doing and they embed with us. That was my astonishment. What we were trying to achieve, people understand. And we can find people that they understand also in large organization, for example, Netto Rate. Uh -huh. They understand that kind of support that they need the industry. So they understand that if the price is below the raw material, something is wrong. So they want give recognize the proper profitability to sustain the business, not of course and exceed a crazy price, but proper sustainability. Oh, for example, the largest organization in the world, the Defense Department of the United States, uh -huh. they call it sustainable business, what they do it. They want to know all the costs. They recognize you the gap of 20% profit. That is what they need because they want to have a solid supply chain. And what they do it is advanced payment. You do up to that point, that is the money that you receive. So you don't need even need the bank. Uh -huh. So the number one industry in the world understand that if they want to have their tank, air freight to uh, airplane to work to defend the peace in the world they need to have a, a sustainable and reliable supply chain and so they recognize the profit that you need to show to the banks because you need to have a proper balance sheet and they implemented that uh -huh. so you during the journey you find that there is people that they are sustain when we say sustainable means sustainable and reliable and if you need to send a reliable, you need to be in the end profitable. Of course, the margin, everyone wants to reduce the cost, everyone. To, but the point is to be profitable is a very important element. And you find people over there. If you start the journey, the point is never take any compromise with your integrity. If you want to do, if you do once, you do forever. Uh -huh. Second, there is a place like the Institute of Family Business, other place where you can find you can find friends, so you are not alone really on the journey. And yeah. third, make clear for what you stand. Fantastic. And again, massive uh, thank you to you for um, your time and, and sharing your experience. Um, it's been a, a really enjoyable discussion. Where can our audience find out a bit more about you. You've mentioned um, the Tretos website has got some uh, information there about your sustainability strategy, which we'll, we'll put in the show notes um, for uh, this episode. But if people want to find out a bit more about you and, and get in touch, how can they go about doing that? Well, Tretos website, where there is, uh, the same, as you mentioned, there is also my own website, bragani.uk, where I... I all, I'm very public, so I public uh, what I've written, my book, you can find in Amazon or what I, I write regarding my company also, our culture, we write a lot of that culture. 
Also that book is available on social media. We are available over there on Tratos group uh, uh, social media and the, all the, the social media link to the website. Um, that is where, where we can really find any information about us. Whatever I said, you can get the evidence in the web or you can even criticize through the social media. We are here to, we are like also receive challenges and criticism that is a part of how we grow and what has really helped us to be what we are. We are absolute transparency company. Everything is there. Everything is really to be able to be judged by everyone. Yeah, and I have to say in terms of, I obviously do a bit of research before shows on, on particular topics or organizations. And I have to say your website is fantastically transparent in that sense. And, and you do lay everything out there. And I suggest people do go and have a, a read of it because it again is a, is a live example. It's something where people can take lessons from what you've done and, and particularly with the conversation we had today. So uh, Mauricio, thank you very much indeed uh, for your time. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you, Russ. Thanks to everyone. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes. So please get in touch if you'd like to know more head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.